the high cost of so many things. And in this case, let's zero it down on one of our main communication devices, and that's our internet. Um, when we think about it, Ritesh Kotak, who is an internet expert, he is a cybersecurity expert. And um, am I right? You just finished writing the bar exam? I'm just coming off uh, writing my solicitor's exam here in on actually in, in Ontario. So it's been uh, it's been a busy week. <laughs> Congratulations on that. Uh, I appreciate everything that uh, you do. Uh, by the way, I've known Ritesh for a few years now, and uh, he is one of those uh, folks across this country that I'll lean on on all things digital uh, when a story breaks like this. And I thought we'd spend a little bit of time because usually we do, um, I do a lot of interviews uh, in Winnipeg, kind of bursts of information, three, four, five minutes at a time. But we have some time to to relax and have a really good conversation here. And um, I, I'm thinking and doing the research here, I bundle my internet, you know, phone, uh, along with um, with television. Yes, I'm still hooked up to the big pipe of cable. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, I, I'm spending... I'm spending a few hundred dollars a month on this. And I'm thinking it all adds up. And and then you talk to people in other countries and they say, man, you paid that much in Canada? So give us a bit of an assessment here. It depends on the bundle that you have, uh, where you live in this country. And how does this all shake when we look at different countries to our cousins to the south of us and and in Europe as well? Yeah, I think it's it's kind of synonymous when you travel abroad, and I've I've had the chance of living in Europe actually earlier in my career, and the cost to just walk into any any provider store and just get uh, get a SIM card and pop it in my phone and get unlimited connectivity um, significantly less than what we what we pay here, and it's I don't think it comes to any surprise. Actually, there's a lot of companies also that just refuse to even add Canada to their international roaming packages because just a high cost of of, um, of of roaming of roaming is because Canada is one of the most expensive countries in the G7 when it comes to uh, when it comes to connectivity. We pay um, one of the highest rates when it comes to internet connectivity, cell phone connectivity. Um, and I think the only one that pays a little bit more is actually our friends just south of um, just south of the border. But uh, they actually probably get more with respect to um, with respect to coverage, with respect to uh, data limits. So we are probably one of one of the highest. And why is that? You know, the the list goes on from high barriers of entry to um, kind of our low popu uh, our populate the way our population is spread out amongst uh, a vast uh, geography, but also um, the lack of competition that we have in this country when it comes to these types of services. So, Richard, you're right. We pay a lot of money and we try to bundle things because we think it's going to be cheaper. But I think one thing we learned um, in the last week or two is bundling is actually quite risky because if you're bundled and you're all on one provider and it goes down, you're kind of in trouble. Do you bundle? That's a good question. So, um, my I do have television. I do I I do pay for the television just like you. 
Um, I do have uh, I do have cable, so I I have cable and um, and my home phone. But my home phone is copper. It's not it's not digital, and I and I did that by by design. And I, I'm in tech, so I know this is I'm I'm a bit of an outlier here. This is this is what I do all day every day. Um, but I have my main internet. I also have a backup internet, and then my phone's on a third carrier. And the reason I build in these redundancies is if one thing goes down, um, which it has, you know, I've had um, I've had devices go down on um, on two of the carriers in the last in the last year, but I at least had something to get me at the very least the bare minimum backup and running. So I try to spread the risk, um, but that's my that's that's my business. That's what I. That's what I do. Is that feasible and logical for for Canadians? And I think that's the that's the big big question because this stuff is expensive. Imagine trying to get a second a second phone or a second SIM card and what are you gonna pay in the thirty, forty, fifty dollars? I think the average cell phone bill is like fifty seven dollars. You're gonna pay that much more? Um, that doesn't seem reasonable. So um, But many it, Canadians it, are having that conversation, Ritesh, simply because a lot more of us are working from home, right? So, you know, the offices helped us. There's the ability to perhaps write some of this off your taxes as well. So while you say uh, you might be an outlier, I- I'm thinking more and more Canadians in the last two years have had that opportunity to to be more of that home office. And because of what happened at, uh, at Rogers a couple of weeks ago now, is that oh wow I need I need backup systems I need a fail safe I need to be able to to do this in such a way that if I'm going to work for my office instead of commuting and we also have a whole generation of employees that you know what the home base is wherever and I can work a, another city another province another country away but connectivity is so very very important Absolutely, it's it's very important. But again, we don't have statistics on how many people have have uh, purchased some sort of backup internet or use different carriers. Or you know, we don't know. What we do know is that thirteen, about I think ten to thirteen million Canadians were impacted as a result of as a result of the most the most recent outage. And and what seems to be the consensus is that people have not debundled. Um, or spread the risk. And I think this is kind of that wake-up call. Interact. Let's use, you know, forget everyday people. Let's take major organizations. Um, Interact um, was so reliant. Even parts of the government were so reliant on one particular carrier, and they have the resources. They do risk mitigation. They have all these plans and redundancies and business continuity, and they themselves went down coast to coast to coast. So, yeah, we we talk about this stuff and, and it, it makes sense, but now we got to have, we got to, we got to do something about it and there has to be action. Hey, do you have cash on you? <laughs> yes, not much, but, um, but, but, but I, but I do. And I just, I keep, I keep some around uh, just enough for gas money, I guess, to fill up a tank of gas to get back from point A to point B in the worst case scenario. I also don't, I make sure my tank doesn't go less than half, and that's another bit of a contingency that I like to build in. But yeah, um, I do carry, I do carry cash on me, um, and I have credit cards. But yeah, I, I, I personally do. Yeah. As a result of the Rogers thing, I now 
uh, will always have about 30 bucks cash on me. There, there was a time, yeah, just, you know, a few loonies here and there. Um, but now it's like, no, I'm going to keep about, you know, 30 bucks on me just in case. You know, in a place like Winnipeg, you know, that's a cab home um, or it's a meal, that type of thing. Uh, well, it could be two meals as well. But yeah, we learned yeah. so much about this. Uh, we're speaking with Rotesh. Go ahead, Rotesh. No, I was going to say 100%. And I think one of the things that kind of came out of the last outage where people weren't even able to buy a cup of coffee. Was so I saw on Twitter and, and, and there were some news stories as well. Um, we went back to the barter system. We went back to the old days where people are like, hey, will you be willing to trade? Or can I do a promissory note? And I promise I'll pay you back tomorrow. And, and people did. And I thought that was kind of one of the good stories to come out of the last few weeks. Canada's internet prices are rising again. Critics say the CRTC's broadband reversal is to blame. We'll continue the conversation as this report shows high-speed internet prices in Canada have been on the rise since 2019. And critics are saying that the CRTC's about face on a broadband ruling is to blame. Uh, You can share your personal situation with us. Write me a note. You can text us. Anytime at 877-399-9898, 877-399-9898. What do you pay on a monthly basis for your internet? Are you bundled or are you like Ritesh that, you know what, I have to spread out my risk amongst various providers? And there are a lot of people that are saying we need a whole lot more competition in this country and maybe allow American firms to come in to compete. I'm Richard in for Ben. Please stay with us. Richard Kluche in for Ben. Ritesh Kotak, you can follow him on Twitter at Ritesh Kotak, R-I-T-E-S-H-K-O-T-A-K. We're talking about your sky-high internet prices in this country. When I drive on a road, I know that my tax dollars through gas taxes, et cetera, have gone into uh, building that road and hopefully maintaining that road. And I think about um, the roads when it comes to the internet, that that's the cyber highway. And I know that governments help subsidize the cost of rural internet service. But I'm wondering if we are to really take ourselves seriously uh, in the new economy, a post-pandemic economy, that we need to invest more in those very basic roads and also allow more competitors in. Uh, Ritesh Kotak, what do you think about some of the ideas to deal with the problems that I think most of us have? Yeah, it's 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 clear. I think that it's the fact that we do need to, as as you eloquently put, the information highway. It is, it is a highway, and I think what a lot of people need to understand is when it comes to the internet, it really is just a wire in the ground. Is the easiest way to think about it. It's a wire in the ground. That's why it's so expensive, and it requires a huge amount of investment, and that's a major barrier to entry. Now, I know there's talk around satellite-based internet and and Starlink and all that type of fun stuff. But at, at its core, it requires infrastructure. It requires roads to be dug up and wire to, and cables to be run. And 
Um, and we're a, a vast country. So what do you do? Well, when you have competition, when you have more players, when you have the cost of entry to, that gets significantly reduced, consumers actually end up benefiting and you have again redundancies and all these all these things that we talk about built built in uh, compared to if you only have a few players and they they're the ones that run the infrastructure build the infrastructure that's when we start running into problems are you um and I'll use the word religious over hardwired versus um you know, 3G, 4G, 5G, uh, and and over-the-air systems? Is it a matter of reliability still involves a cable? Yes. The short answer is yes. Reliability still involves a wire in the ground. Fiber optics, to be, to be specific, we don't, you know, we don't need antiquated tech. We need fiber optics in all communities um, if we're going to compete in the social cyber digital age. Yes, 5G connectivity is important. Um, satellite communication is important, but at, at its core, we need fiber optics um, in this country. Are we fibered enough? No, uh, we need. There's even um, parts of Toronto that don't have fiber optics. Um, what? Uh, I re- the center of the universe? <laughs> so I was recently um, I was recently dealing with that situation and um, and uh, for a commercial property and and they were like okay well you you want to run these IoT systems the Internet of Things systems like sensors and stuff like that you probably want fiber optics and we literally called um, the two uh, main telcos and and said or inter- ISPs I guess is probably the more appropriate term Internet service providers and said. Uh, can you run, uh, can we get access to fiber optics? And they literally said, this is not wired. And this is a, like in the GTA for fiber, fiber optics. And I was like, what, how much is this going to cost? And no one even knows it's, it's some ridiculous, like tens of thousands of dollars to, to bring in the cable. And uh, I was like, this is a problem. We need fiber optics in our communities. And, and we're so far away from, from achieving that. Yeah, there is a role, and and I don't like to always lean on the taxpayer in this because I think you know for many of us we're we're uh, we're done with that. We want our our dollars to be used effectively, but we also um, will pay a fa- fair price. And you know, depending on your package, um, you know, I'll, I'll maybe pay a little bit more if I get that reliability. And I'm just wondering, and and I don't see it from where I'm broadcasting here in Winnipeg, but. Um, in other major markets, are, are there still systems in place where they're, when it's really busy, they're really limiting the bandwidth, they're limiting um, the, the pipe, if you will, and things still get slow in major centers? Yeah, so there's a concept of throttling, right? And uh, are you, um, you kind of shrinking that pipe temporarily to make sure that you can squeeze every last ounce of it and people can get can get connectivity. Um, not really. Uh, yes, there is an, there is an upper limit, but I don't see us, uh, I don't see us hitting it. Now, clearly there are c- communities around, um, there are communities that, that do suffer from those issues. And I think we all, we, we've all seen that where we have a, a family member or a friend um, up at the, co- up at a cottage or in a rural community, and they're just not able to get access to high speed or, or um, if too many people are online, it kind of slows things down. So we do have 
that problem, but it's it's not it's it's getting better and it it it, it, it's, it requires infrastructure and and better and more reliable te- technology, but uh, it is an issue. Ritesh, what's the takeaway on this? You know, I've been thinking about this and, you know, we have a federal government that's committed to, you know, $10 a day childcare. And I'm wondering if uh, there's something about, you know, $100 a month reliable internet, or I, I don't know what that number is, but is that a policy that for candidates to be able to compete worldwide that we really need to pursue? Well, I think internet connectivity is like we need ubiquitous, high-speed, reliable internet from coast to coast to coast if we're going to compete, and and it's it's essential. Everything runs on it. It's not just the fact that we need uh, the ability to connect and work from home. It is smart homes. It is medical devices. It is ev- anything and everything now has. Um, has some sort of networking capabilities, and it's it's important, and it's important that's equitable and accessible. Now, that being said, do we need some sort of something in place that says like univer, you know, universal access? Now, the federal government has made announcements that that uh, communities will have access to um, reliable and affordable uh, internet, especially in. In rural communities, it will be capped at speeds and stuff like that, but uh, it will be it will be there. But it's coming. It, we're it, only time will tell once it's implemented. Can't come fast enough. Ritesh Kotak, cyber tech analysis analyst, joining us this Wednesday evening.